Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. This morning, we, we're, uh, we've got an incredible opportunity to hear the Lord. Let me just tell you how this came about. Um, we were at the Bethel concert a few weeks back. How many, how many got an opportunity to go to that? There's a lot of us. I mean, we had 40 tickets, I think, that, that we all went. And uh, beforehand, they do this question and answer thing with the, with, the, uh, with the team just to let you know that they're real people too. They, you can touch them, poke them, see that they're human beings and they make mistakes and have flaws and run into the same kind of situations that you and I run into. And it's just encouraging, you know, for, for leaders in a church that, that do that. And so we were there. And uh, one of the things they did is they had this gal there, and I can't remember her name again, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Havala. Havala. I ought to be able to say that. It just kind of rolls off. Havala. Say it with me. Havala. Oh, yeah. Anyway, she's a cool girl. And uh, she just began to prophesy. And she says to the guy, it's the guy in the back, the back row with the teal shirt, the one that says right here, we, we love life, that guy. And she began to speak over him this word. And one of the things she said was, you're the voice for the voiceless. And, uh, and I was like, wow. And when she started prophesying over him, he had like 10 guys with him. I don't know how many were there. There's a bunch of you guys were. It was the worship, the whole worship team was there. And um, and they were weeping because she was just like dead on. Boom, boom. And I was watching the Spirit of God in this place move on this deal. And so me being the introverted, <laughs> shy person that I am, I saw him a little bit later that afternoon, and I walked up to him, and I introduced myself. Man, when I see God moving, don't you want to be a part of that? You know, I, there's too many churches out there doing their own deal. You know, we need to be following Jesus. Anyhow, I see Jesus on this whole thing, and I'm like, I want to find out what that is. And so I go up, and I ask him, I say, what do you do, man? He says, well, we've got this prayer ministry that we want to intercede in the city of Charlotte, and it's, and it's for uh, uh, to, to close down abortion clinics in Charlotte. I was like, whoa, a voice for the voiceless. It's an amazing thing. And so I met with you guys on Thursday. We get the date right this time. Met with you guys on Thursday. And they do this, this walk with pastors because they want churches to, to line up with them and agree with them. And, and so I went out there. And, man, you know, I've, I... I, I I've been around this stuff a long time, you know, and, uh, and, and I've got a heart for the unborn, you know, I always have, but out of sight, out of mind, and I got over there, and I began to walk the sidewalks in front of this abortion clinic, and they began to give me the spiel just a little bit, and the Spirit of God was so strong, and it's like God is pleased, he's doing, something's happening here, he's, he's working here. He's doing something here. And I was like, my gosh, what could I say that would be better than the Spirit of God speaking through people? 
all ministry. And so I said, y'all got any <laughs> y'all got any dates available? Well, we got one, you know, and, and this was it. The church, Eastside Church, you guys, you awesome intercessors of God need to hear this. And so I, I invited them. Now listen, we know that one in three or, or it might be two out of three, or so, one one out of three uh, people who have an abortion are claim to be Christians. Right? Is that the right number? Seventy three percent. There we go. We knew, and we'd get it. And so we we've either you know we've we've done some things that we wish we hadn't have done sometimes in our past, oftentimes. But we want to make it really clear. I want everybody to look at me and know this. I want you to say this: God's mercy. It's new this very day. He wants me to be free. This is not condemnation. This is not judgment. This is the mercy and the love of God. Freedom. Kingdom. Jesus died so that I might live. Amen? You hearing me? So we're coming at this from a place of grace where the power of God can move not only in our lives but in the lives of those to come. Amen? Amen. And so Andre is here along with Justin, and Justin is going to come speak. You want him to roll the video first? We're going to roll this video, and then Justin's going to, when Justin comes here, I'll give him a big east side welcome. Okay, dope. You can roll the video. Psalm 139, 13, and 16 say, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God's love for the unborn children of Charlotte is abundantly clear. The love life journey is about aligning our hearts with his. This week will follow four simple steps. Hear, pray, go, and connect. Hear. This step is all about educating ourselves on the issue of abortion and the effect it has on our city. The leading cause of death in the city of Charlotte is not gang violence, car accidents, or cancer. It's abortion. There are three abortion clinics in Charlotte performing as many as 150 to 200 abortions each week some as late as 20 weeks after conception. One in three women in Charlotte will have an abortion in their lifetime, 73% of which claim to be Christian or Catholic. Pray. Once we are confronted with the tragic truth about Charlotte, our hearts will be moved to action. We will spend the entire week calling on God to rescue and redeem. Wednesday, we will fast and pray as one body of believers all across our city. Go. Saturday morning, we will join together outside the clinic for a prayer walk. We'll meet at the top of the loop as you enter the business park. There you'll see our tent and flags. Be sure to check in and get your free Love Life t-shirt. We will gather together for a time of worship and instruction and then start our walk. We will peacefully intercede on behalf of the women and children inside. We won't be protesting, arguing, or engaging with anyone from the clinic. We would love to create a family environment so your children are more than welcome to join you. Connect. 
We desire not only to encourage moms to choose life, but we want to be the network of support for them as they continue on their journey. We encourage you to get involved with one of our outreach partners or become part of the Life Network. We are so glad to be partnering with you this week. We know God has great things in store for us. Join us in believing that He can and will bring life to the city of Charlotte. Good morning, Eastside. Thank you, guys. It's an honor to be with you guys this morning. Uh, just an incredible way of how the Holy Spirit led us here. Uh, truly believe that the Holy Spirit did lead us here today. Uh, I just want to tell you guys, first off, the worship team, I love you guys. You guys are off the hook, man. Uh, this is, I'm telling you, Andre and I have the privilege of getting to go around to a lot of churches across our city, and I just want to tell you guys that the Holy Spirit is heavy in this place. I know you know that, uh, but there's just a sweet, sweet spirit that's here, and Pastor Alex, it's an honor to be here with you, man. I just want to tell you, I love your pastor uh, already, even though we've only known each other for a few days, but just his heart, when he came out to the abortion clinic with us on Thursday, just reminded me so much of my first encounter at that place, but uh, just his willingness to say, hey... Not only, not only to open up his heart, to allow his heart to be broken over the things that's happening in our city, but to say, yes, I'm ready to partner, and, and will, you, will you come Sunday? I've ne- we never got that quick of an invitation. Normally, it's like, hey, let's schedule you three or six months out, and brother, I'm just so thankful for you. Help me in thanking your pastor for taking a strong stand for life in our city. Thank you, brother. So you guys are going to be adopting week 40 in our campaign. There's 40 weeks. We're actually currently in week 37. We're doing this a little bit different with you guys. Uh, Typically, we're here on the Sunday of your adoption week, but we're going to tell you about it today, and then you guys are going to be adopting in three weeks from now. Uh, The dates on that are November the 30th. That's a Wednesday. And then December the 3rd will be the day for the prayer walk. I'm going to explain some more of those details in just a second, but To give you just a little context of who we are in our ministry, I want to share with you our mission statement. Love Life Charlotte is a 40-week journey of hope. That's the key, hope. Bringing hope to the most hopeless place in our city. Uniting and mobilizing over 40 churches to create a culture of love and life that will bring an end to abortion in Charlotte in 2016. That's right. With God, all things are possible. Not some things all things. We serve a mighty God. I understand that this has been legal in our, in our nation for 43 years, but our God is bigger. Our God is stronger than any other, and I believe that he can change the hearts of the abortionist. I believe he can change the hearts of the people that own these abortion clinics, and that will be the miracle in our city. I know that he's done that in my life. I once was dead, and now I'm alive in him. Has anybody else been set free in the house? Yeah. Praise the Lord. So I just want to echo what your pastor said. Once again, we are not about shame or condemnation. The exact opposite of that, actually. We're here to lift people up, to bring healing and restoration, to bring hope to the most hopeless place in our city. You know, this journey began for me. Well, let me just tell you a little bit more about myself before I get into my journey. I'm a business guy here in the city. I'm a marketplace guy. I've been in the business for, for, for 11 years, and that's been my calling for a long time. I started a business when I was 20 years old and moved up here from South Florida, didn't know a soul here, lived in a hotel for a few weeks, but uh, God has blessed our business. We're all across the Southeast now, 
But this has been my call for, for the last 10, 11 years, to pour into our people, our, our employees. We've seen people come to know the Lord. We've baptized people. It's been an incredible experience. And I believe that there's no separation between ministry and marketplace. When you have Jesus in your heart, you're always in full-time ministry. And so th that's been my passion for a long time, but God put this specific call in my heart in August of this last year. He spoke very clearly to me one day on August the 20th. He said, Justin, I've called you to the least of these, and I've called you to be a voice for the voiceless right here in your city. And literally, over the course of a week, God began waking me up in the middle of the night. And I tell you, I typically don't wake up in the middle of the night. My wife, if she was here, she'd tell you, I sleep hard through the middle of the night. But he's waking me up, man. My heart was stirred so heavy with this. And he just began downloading a strategy and a plan to my heart to unite and mobilize the church, to create a culture of life that will bring an end to abortion in our city. See, we're not after trying to change the law. We're not after trying to change e even the, the, the legislation. We are here to change the culture, a culture of life. I believe that the church is called to create the culture in our city, and politicians and legislation will always follow the culture. So that's our goal. That's what we're here to do. And uh, I know some of you guys, I can just tell, most of you I think are with me, but some of you are thinking I'm a little bit crazy still. Uh, and I just want to share some testimony with you to help build your faith a little bit this morning, and then I'm going to get into the details of Adoption Week. When Andre and I started this campaign in March of this, this year, we heard a story about Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, Florida had an abortion clinic that just closed about 12 months ago. And there was a guy who had been praying faithfully in front of this abortion clinic for 20 years. 20 years, every day that this place was open. The owner of the abortion clinic came out to him one day and he told him this. He said, I got to tell you this, man. Whenever you had five or ten people out here praying with you on the sidewalks, about five to ten percent of our clients wouldn't show up that day. There's power in our presence, church. He said, whenever you had 20 or 30 people out here praying with you, about 20 to 30% of our clients wouldn't show up that day. And I'm here to tell you that Jacksonville, Florida's story has become Charlotte's testimony. We have now had over 60 churches that have partnered with us over the last 36 weeks in this campaign. Over 5,000 people have mobilized to go out to the abortion cl clinic with us on Saturdays to prayer walk to believe and to ask for God to do a miracle in our city. We've had thousands more that have been praying and fasting with us, and here's been the result. We've had almost 400 families that have chosen life at the abortion clinic over the last 36 weeks. Come on, give God praise for that. Give God praise for that. He's changing the hearts of people. In fact, just after this last service, I had a, a lady that came up to me, someone that comes here, uh, and she shared a story with me that just, just recently, not long ago, I think maybe a couple months ago, uh, one of her students um, had, had, had scheduled an abortion, and she tried to keep that appointment uh, three times, three times. And she went on that third time, and she actually went in even, even into the room. But God pricked her heart. Something, something touched her heart, and she got up out of that place, and she walked out, and she chose life for her child. This is a student from one of your teachers in this place. And it was on a Wednesday when we had, probably that day, several hundred people that were praying and fasting. Every Wednesday is our day for prayer and fasting. Listen, when we deny the natural, God does supernatural things. I've heard so many stories like that. I don't have time to tell you all of them. But inc it's incredible supernatural experiences that are happening 
all across our city. And so God is doing it. He is moving the mountain in front of us right now. Not only have we seen nearly 400 families say, but we have seen a significant drop in abortions in our city. They're not showing up the way that they used to show up. We're seeing around a 30 to 40% drop of people not even showing up at the abortion clinics. Come on. That's only possible through God. So Adoption Week. Adoption Week is this. It's Sunday through Saturday. You're hearing the tragedy that's happening in our city. I'm going to get into some of the statistics here in just a moment. And I'm going to challenge you just to open up your heart, for your heart to get aligned with the Father's heart, because God heart, God's heart breaks over what's happening in our city with this. So just may your prayer be, God, may I feel what you feel. May I see what you see. Break my heart for the things that break yours. That was my prayer. And that's when God put this on my heart. Before, before, I've been praying that for months, and God put it on my heart on August 20th this last year. We're going to take you on a simple journey, four steps. We want you to hear what's happening. We're going to challenge you to pray and fast. We're going to go, and then I give you a chance to get connected. Again, today is the hear piece. We have to be educated to know what's happening in our city. This journey began for me in 2012, and this is when I first heard. When I went to that abortion clinic, I had some friends that invited me there. And said, Justin, do you know what's happening in our city? I said, not really. I know abortion's happening, but I don't really know, you know the, the tragedy of it here locally in my city. And they took me there, and, and little did I know, I, I've been doing business with a company right across the street there for 10 years and never even knew that this abortion clinic existed. You see, it's tucked back in a business park, out of sight, out of mind. That's exactly what the enemy wants. But we are going to shine a light on this place. In fact, I believe that Latrobe Drive is going to become the most famous street in our city because of the miracle that God is going to do at that place. <laughs> Everybody's going to know about Latrobe Drive. Because when the abortion clinic closes, not if, but when it closes, we are going to buy the building. And it's going to become a place of life in our city. It's either going to be a church or it's going to be a pregnancy center, whatever. But it's going to be a beacon of light in our city. It's going to be like when God parted the Jordan River and they walked through. They took the 12 stones. They carried them to the other side as a monument for what God did. That's what this place will become. My little three-year-old, my little one-year-old will point to that place when they grow up and say, look how big our God is. Look how mighty our God is. Look how good our Father is. But listen to me this morning. This is the tragic truth about our city, is that abortion is the leading cause of death. The leading cause of death, church. Over cancer, you heard it in the video. Over heart disease, 150 to 200 abortions happening every week in our city. Every week. We're talking about a place that's like 15, 15 20 minutes down the road from here. There's three abortion clinics in our city, three. And one of them is one of the largest in the southeast, right here in our backyard in Charlotte, North Carolina. And listen, our heart breaks for everybody that's involved, not just the child. Of course the child. That child has a very specific call and destiny on its life, but also for the mom, for the dad, for the grandparents, for the abortionist, for the people that own this place, our heart breaks for all of them involved. In fact, we have people praying and fasting for all of them, believing that even for the abortionist, that they will have a Saul to a Paul moment. Man, we were out there the other day, and we had some protesters that were all stirred up about it. 
And I just saw Paul's walking around out there, man. They just don't know it yet. They don't know it yet. And that's what we're praying for, for the hearts to be turned to the Father. One out of three women will experience an abortion in their lifetime. One out of three. It's also one out of three men. We typically don't talk about the men in this story, but it's one out of three men as well. In fact, I believe this is more of a man's issue than it is a woman's issue. If men were standing in our proper place of responsibility, women would not be going to these abortion clinics. In fact, I'll tell you a quick story about this. When Andre and I were out there recently, a young lady began to walk to the sidewalks to hear about the resources that exist in our city. She wanted help. She wanted a way out. And she began walking over to the sidewalks, and the boyfriend then gets out of his car. And he walks over to her and grabs her by the arm, and he pulls her into the abortion clinic. That's a picture of what's happening all across our city. It's time for men to rise up and to stand in our rightful place to protect women and children. Men, I'm challenging you more than, any, more than anybody else here for you to be there December the 3rd, to stand in the gap for these families. You know, I, I truly believe that this is the number one moral issue that we face today. There's a lot that's going on. There's a lot that we could talk about. But guys, what is more dear to the heart of the Father than the shedding of innocent blood that's taking place right here in our city? There's no darker place. Listen, there's no other building that we can point to today in our city and say inside of that building, 20 or 30 people will be killed. It doesn't exist anywhere else. This place is open six days a week. They do nothing but abortions. It's 100% abortions. They don't do women's counseling. They don't do any other type of women care. It's 100% abortions. The Snyders who own this place also own three other abortion clinics throughout the Southeast, but this is their headquarters. This is where they live. This is where they operate everything out of. This is where they set the appointments for all their abortion clinics. And, and we are believing, again, for a miracle to take place. The Lord continues to remind me, Justin, the miracle is not going to be when the doors are closed. The miracle is going to be when the hearts are turned to the Father. <laughs> in the same way he's done in our lives. The miracle that he has performed in our lives. You know, John 10.10 10 tells us that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. It's exactly what he's doing at this place six days a week. This place is open. Only day they're closed is today, on Sunday. Six days a week. But Jesus says that I have come, that you may have life and have it to the full. We love life, don't we, church? Because God loves life. Jesus loves life. And I just believe with all my heart, as I stood there in 2012, the thing that, one of the things that broke my heart was the empty sidewalks. There was only three or four people there that day that were offering hope. And I began to hear this stuff, man, and how, how these families are feeling so hopeless, how dark this place is, and that there's a thousand churches in our city. And God began working in my heart and said, Justin, fill the sidewalks. Fill the sidewalks. And now we have seen it. We've been seeing it happen now over the last 35 weeks. We had a thousand people that united with us two months ago out there at, on the sidewalks. And on that day, only nine people showed up for an abortion, which is the least amount anybody's ever seen on a Saturday out there in over 10 years. Don't tell me that's a coincidence, church. Your presence matters at this place. These are the gates of hell in our city. I don't say that lightly. These are the gates of hell, the darkest place that exists. 
Matthew 16, 18 tells us that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Church, it's us. It's not up to the politician or legislation. In fact, abortion will not end through a politician or legislation. It's going to end through the church of Jesus Christ, but not one second sooner. Church, let's run to the battle, man. Let's run at the Goliath here in our city. You've heard. You've heard what's happening. Now I give you a chance to respond. November 30th is a Wednesday. I challenge you to pray and fast with us on that day. I believe that it's the backbone of our campaign. Prayer and fasting is the backbone of our campaign. That is where the power is. When God was putting this on my heart, he, he took me to Scripture and he said, Justin, everybody wants to walk on water. Everyone wants to do miracles. And those are great things. Those are things I did and things that people will walk in today. But not everybody wants to go into the desert. And in the desert is where Jesus began his public ministry. Of 40 days of prayer and fasting. And the scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert, and he was led with power out of the desert. That's where the power is, church. I'm challenging you to go into the desert with me on Wednesday, and let's see God do some supernatural things. Saturday, December the 3rd, you're actually going to be uniting together with over 60 churches on that day. Almost 4,000 people is what we're believing for on that Saturday. So it's going to be a pretty exciting week that you guys are going to be partaking in. We didn't have any, any single church that was adopting that week. It's kind of a, a buildup of all the churches that have been partnering with us. But uh, you guys will be praying and fasting on that Wednesday with over 10,000 believers across our city. And on Saturday, joining together with 4,000 for the prayer walk. When you come on Saturday, you're going to get a free t-shirt. You're going to get a wristband. You're going to get our prayer card that has our code of conduct on it. And let me just go ahead and tell you that we're not there to, to yell or scream or to engage with anybody at the abortion clinic. In fact, that's part of our code of conduct, that you don't. That you are there to pray with us, to walk around this circle and ask God to do something supernatural in that place. And I'm telling you, church, we're seeing it happen. We were just there yesterday with 160 people, believers all across our city. And we had a, a mom that shows life right there in front of us. There's this inc incredible battle that's happening of the spiritual warfare, you, you talk about spiritual warfare, there's no place that has more intense spiritual warfare than these abortion clinics. The enemy loves this. He loves it. This is his pride and joy in our city. But God loves it when you show up. And so she, she pulled in there and she saw light and darkness when she was there yesterday. She, and she, she told us about this. And she, she said, there's no way I could choose the darkness after I saw the light. She chose life that day. Just yesterday, a little baby is living today because faithful people showed up at the gates of hell. Come on. So on Saturday, again, we're going to walk, and I want to challenge you to bring your families. My wife and my kids are out there with me every single Saturday. This is a family ministry, a family call for us. So bring your families. You're going to get a shirt. You're going to get a wristband. We're all going to do it together. Don't be afraid. We're all going to stay together. In fact, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, right? But we, we run at the giant in our city of abortion. We run with courage and boldness, just as David did. He was only 15 or 16 years old. Come on. We can run at Goliath in our city, can we not? I want to tell you that our battle, though, is not with flesh and blood. It's not. We're not there to battle with the abortionists. We're not there to battle with the parents or the Snyders, the people that own this place. No, our battle is with the adversary. It is with Satan, and we're going to fight it with spiritual weapons of prayer. All right? 
I just want to make it clear what, what, what we're there to do. Um, you know, God confirmed all this for me through the story of Nehemiah. You look at Nehemiah's life. He heard the tragedy that was happening in Jerusalem. He had to hear about it first. So I encourage you to spread, this, spread the word with other people. Then what did he do? He spent four months in prayer and fasting, weeping, mourning, and repentance. That's step two for us, prayer and fasting. Then he went. He left the palace and he went to Jerusalem and he examined the walls personally for himself. That's the go piece. We're challenging you. You got to come. You got to see it. It has to become personal for you. At the end of chapter two, Nehemiah said this. He said, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates are burning with fire. Now come and let us rebuild the wall. Charlotte, I say to you, Charlotte lies in ruins and its gates are burning with fire. Now come and let us rebuild the wall. It's time, church. It's our time. Say, not on our watch. Not on our watch. That's right. Chapter 3, we see a beautiful picture of unity take place. Two words, next to, are mentioned over 20 times. The Levite stood next to the priest. The priest stood next to the merchant. The merchant stood next to the goldsmith. And we are calling for the Baptists to stand next to the Presbyterians. The Presbyterians to stand next to the Pentecostals. The Pentecostals to stand next to the non-denominational. Listen, the non-denominational stand next to the business guys. It doesn't matter. We are all a part of the body of Christ. We are calling for unity in the body of Christ. And that is what's going to break the stronghold of abortion in our city. Over 60 churches will be united together. Pastors linking in arms saying not on our watch as we drive a spiritual stake in the ground that day and say that this will be a place of life. We claim it as a place of life in our city. Step four is connect for us, and that's where we make it very clear how you can stay engaged with building a culture of life in our city, where you can be a mentor for one of these moms or for one of these dads. And we're going to make that very clear to you at the prayer walk and how you engage with these things uh, to stay involved with this culture of life. We're going to show a video. Are we doing Nicole's video? Okay, sorry. We're doing... Celebrate Life video first. All right, so we're going to show a video really quick to, to give you a little visual of what um, our prayer walk is going to look like here on December the 3rd. Almost 40 weeks ago, we began this journey to unite and mobilize the church to create a culture of life and end abortion in Charlotte in 2016. Over 60 churches have partnered to mobilize over 5,000 people to prayer walk at Charlotte's busiest abortion clinic and thousands more through prayer and fasting. I believe more than ever that the time is now for the church to rise up and stand united in the gap for these families. We are in a spiritual battle of light versus darkness. We are calling 60 churches to partner with us to come back for week 40, celebrate life prayer walk. On December 3rd, to stand united. Bring your family, bring your friends. We're calling 4,000 people for this gathering. Celebrate Life Prayer Walk will be at Charlotte's busiest abortion clinic on Latrobe Drive from 9.30 to 11.30. There'll be sign-up sheets at your church, and you can sign up on our website, lovelifecharlotte.com. Also, November 30th, you're asking people on Wednesday to fast and pray with us. We're believing for 10 thousand people to fast and pray together. Join us as we celebrate near 400 families that have been saved at the abortion clinics over the 40-week campaign and this culture of life that's being birthed in our city. 
Before the campaign, this abortion clinic was averaging 50 abortions on Saturdays. Since March, that number has dropped to an average of around 25, cut in half. When 1,000 people came out for our prayer walk on August 20th, only nine people showed up for an abortion. Don't tell me that's a coincidence, church. Your presence here matters. We need you to be there. Don't think someone else is gonna show up. Help us spread the word. Your presence will help save lives. Jeremiah 5:28 says this, they do not plead the case of the fatherless to win it. Church, it's time we start pleading the case for life to win it. God wants to see abortion in more than we do. It's time for us as the body of Christ to stand united in the gap to see abortion end and a culture of life begin. This is the church's moment to invade darkness with light. Now is our time to co-labor with God for breakthrough in the city of Charlotte. We need everybody to sign up for week 40, Celebrate Life Prayer Walk on December 3rd, even if you participated with us before, so you can get all the details and we can know how many people are gonna be uniting with us. See you December 3rd. It's gonna be awesome, guys. You know, that might just be the day that the Snyders meet King Jesus. That just might be the day that Ron and Jimmy and Susan give their hearts to the Lord. We don't know, but we're going to stand faithfully in the gap as a united body of Christ in our city. Amen? Amen. We're going to throw, show one more video here really quick. This is a story of, about a girl named Nicole. Nicole is a 19-year-old girl that lives here in our community. Um, in fact, uh, she lives up close to where Andre and I live, and she went to this exact abortion clinic um, late last year, and uh, God has done some amazing things in her life, and you're going to see uh, her story here, and you're going to see what it looks like when a mentor, when somebody comes alongside of her to partner with her as a local church stands side by side with these families. Let's go ahead and run Nicole's story. Jordan, um, the father of the baby, his mom, was telling me that she had a dream that um, someone told her that someone was pregnant. And I had a dream that my mom told me that um, my cousin was pregnant. And as Hispanics, we think dreams always have a meaning or there's something behind it or something like that. So she went to the dollar store and she got a pregnancy test. And later that night, I think it was that night or the next day, where I took it and it came out positive. And that's when we told Jordan. And for me, I guess it was more like, I was excited because I was having a child with somebody that I loved. So like our relationship before, like everything being pregnant, um, it was really good. We understood each other. It was just, I don't know. It was just like, I felt like he was my best friend. And then after I found out we were like pregnant, it was just kind of like, we just kept kind of falling apart. So I guess like the commitment scared me, being alone scared me, and every day just got harder. And so I was just like, what am I gonna do? Like, you know, baby's a lot of responsibility. I'm not at high school. And so like, just everything I was already feeling alone, I felt more alone, cause I didn't have like a lot of support. And I just felt like, Maybe it's the best choice, you know? I can't give him a good life or something. Like, like what if I'm not a good mom? Or, I don't know. It was just very hard. 
And then so I made the appointment and I went. And then I remember what really shocked me was I saw this lady, like she already had a baby bump and everything. And it wasn't like a little small one where you could just like kind of tell. No, it was like a big one and she was there. And I just like remember just being like, how could you do that? Like, or how could this place do this? It was, it was very scary. And I just ran out and I just remember I got in my car and I was just like, mom, I can't do this. She was clearly hurting. She cried a lot. And I just talked through that God loved her and that God had a plan for her and that she wasn't alone. I remember asking her, you know, do you, do you want this? You know, do you want to know God to be your father, the perfect father and uh, care for you? And, and she said, yes, I do. And she said, but I, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what that looks like. And so I had just this amazing privilege of praying with her and I'm hearing her cry and confessing her sin before the Lord and asking him to come in and to be the Lord of her life. And I just wept because the truth is, is I didn't want to go down there that day. Um, I had been walking through some hard stuff in my life in the past year and just felt like this constant just drain. And I thought, the Lord can't use me when I'm empty like this. I'm so physically, emotionally, spiritually tired. This is silly for me to go down. But then the other women who were going to be on the sidewalk had expressed that they needed me there. There wasn't enough people to be on the sidewalk. And so I said, okay, Lord, I'll go down. I walked away from there just profoundly changed by my time with Nicole and the opportunity to sit and, and to talk with her, not just about her son, but about who she is before a king. Angela made me feel like I wasn't just with some screaming lady outside of an abortion clinic. Like she made me feel like I was with a friend. And that was something that meant a lot to me. I remember I was laying down with my hands up and I like to have my feet up every time I watch movies. So I just like to lay with my hands up and my feet up and then as we were watching the ultrasound, all you see is him go like this and his feet were up. And I was just like, that is like, how could I have ever thought of not wanting something so beautiful and mine? Pastor Jeff said, you know, we had this young lady who came and she decided to choose life for her baby and um, we really want to help support her and would you be interested in discipling her? And I said, well, let me pray about it. And it took me all of three minutes in prayer <laughs> for God to say, why? Almost like, why did you even need to ask me? Of course, yes, this is what I want you to do. And so I called Nicole and we decided to get together for dinner one day and we met early and we closed that restaurant down. Everybody was leaving, the, the, um, the waiters and waitresses were all waiting for us to get out of there because we just kept talking. It was like we had met old friends. I didn't feel like I had to like be fake around her or act more mature than I had to because I was just like, oh, I'm friends with an old, like, with a mom. <laughs> and she didn't make me feel like that. She made me feel like she was just like any of my friends. We wanted to throw a shower 
for her. And so I asked our new song moms if they would consider joining with me to put a shower together for her. And they said, yes, please. And I was completely blown away by the love that poured out from the shower. That was really my biggest concern was, will I have time to be a good friend to Nicole? And you know, God just said, all you need to do is say yes, I'll take care of the rest. And that's really what I felt in my spirit. So I said, okay. Honestly, I don't know what I would have done if it wasn't for all the help that I got. Not a lot of people get that, but I'm blessed to say that I did. And I just hope there's more people out there like them to help those women that don't know what to do so they could have that type of, they could gain that confidence like and not feel like they're completely alone. I know I'm not gonna be a perfect mom, but I'm gonna be the best mom that I can be. I just can't wait till I have that moment where I'm just like, he was, he's worth it and he was worth all of it. And I'm just very excited to meet him. That awesome. Yeah. Love it. We believe for thousands more like Nicole. Nicole is a 19-year-old girl, just graduated high school here in our city. Um, and she, God's using her story and her life now to speak to youth all across Charlotte. Uh, a lot of girls are in her exact situation. And here's our belief, church, is that Nicole has a sphere of influence around her, right? And people now look at her and say, not only did she choose life, but the church came alongside of her and partnered with her and stood side by side with her. So our belief is hopefully now people stop running to the local abortion clinics for answers and begin running to the local church. That's the shift in the culture we believe for. And again, this is all about us creating a culture of life in our city, and that God has called the church to do so. It's 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people, if my people. So church, this is your chance to mobilize with us. Eastside. Let's have a strong showing on week 40. I know Pastor Alex is, is extremely excited about it. We have commitment cards for you. Um, if you guys would, fill these out. This is how we're going to remind you on Wednesday to pray and fast, and then we're going to get you all the information that you need to know about the prayer walk on Saturday. I know anytime you fill these things out, you kind of start getting worried about, is he going to ask for a dollar or two or whatever? I want to tell you, God is taking care of all the funding in this campaign, um, so we're not asking for any money. We are asking for you to believe and to mobilize with us. That's what we're asking you to do. So if you would, please fill out this card. Give us your name, your email, so we can send you the information that you're going to need. And check the box if you can pray and fast with us on Wednesday, November the 30th. And check the box on Saturday for the prayer walk if you can come to that on December the 3rd. All right? Are we ready, Esad? Come on. You guys got week 40. Let's do it. Thank you, guys. Cool. Now, listen, we are very aware that the ladies tease the same day. Okay? We're not trying to kill an event. We, we, what we're going to do is combine the two. All right? So if you're a dude in the room, stand up. If you're, I mean, if you're a guy, 
did. That's a good-looking bunch, isn't it, ladies? That was a weak clap, ladies. I'm not convinced. You know, on the retreat, we're talking about being warriors. You know, actually being able to give practical application. Scriptures that are coming to mind is we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in heavenly places. And so we're there. The point we really believe that it's not going to work. Is Maddie here? Okay, Maddie's not here. Um, so we believe it. You believe it? Yeah. Guys, this is the place to rally. Yeah. This is the place that we can do what we said we were going to do. Yeah. While our women are here, we're gonna, they're going to focus on praying and the message and the worship and the time. Some of it's going to be dedicated to agreement if they're here. And so we need to mobilize there. Can I get amen? amen? All right, so mark all that stuff in your calendar. I can't wait to see what God's done. I believe that this is the way the Lord wants to move. I believe it. Let me, let me read this real quick. The reason I'm reading this is just to bring it home. All of us, you can sit down, guys. All of us have experienced in some way we've been touched by somebody or something uh, when it comes to making this decision. One out of three women, 73% of them say they're believers in some regard. But I, I can remember Nathan is here. Nathan, wave your hand. 17 years old. Liz was 41 years old when she conceived. And because of that, the... the, the um, the idea that she, he would be Down syndrome was high. And so they wanted to take a little tissue from him so they could tell us whether he was mentally going to be okay. And even though they missed it, it would give us an option to abort, right? And so we had to sign a piece of paper that said that we didn't, we weren't going to do that. That's not something we're going to do. So it affects a lot of people because of the culture, Justin. It's the culture you're trying to change. You, you know that when you're there. It, you know, it's not hostile. It's just believing God to move in the Spirit. Uh, when Kristen Love was 18 weeks pregnant with Maddie, uh, they found out via ultrasound that she was going to have, uh, Maddie was going to be a spina bifida baby. And after six and a half hours of ultrasounds that day, they, the doctors uh, took them aside and, and with a genetic counselor. And they said, uh, I know they told her that it appears her kid's going to have spina bifida, and that's the number one birth defect in America. And they said this about her. Your child will not walk, will have brain damage, will always be behind in school, won't be able to have children, and possibly other issues we don't even know. So at this time, we need to offer you an opportunity to terminate the pregnancy. I wanted <laughs> to get <laughs> little Maddie to run across the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
and just say, uh-uh. You know, it, but you know what, guys? That's just a culture. That's a way of thinking that needs to be changed. And the church is the unit that changes it. Amen? If you've experienced, ladies and men, the, the tragedy and, and, and somehow you've got guilt or you feel less than, today's the day that you need to just get rid of that. You need to receive the Lord's forgiveness, and you need to begin to walk in freedom. Amen? We're going to have our prayer team up here, and they want to pray with you. If you guys know people that are, that are on the cusp of making this decision, or maybe have made it, and you know that it was a changing point in their life where things went south, and you want to pray them into freedom, pray them into what God, kingdom, what God has for them, Life and not death. Use our prayer team. Prayer minister, would you guys come? Use our prayer team. If you need healing, if you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, if you know somebody whose marriage is breaking up or whatever it might be, and they need prayer, you guys come and get prayer. Amen? Why don't we stand together? Can we just say this over the city of Charlotte? This is going to be different. Let's see if we can make Charlotte hear us, okay? Are y'all ready? Father, in the name of Jesus, over this city, we speak kingdom. We speak life and not death. And we ask you to move as only you can. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.